You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hi, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, we are going to be talking to Tim Shore about how to eliminate self-sabotage to finally reach your goals. Tim Shore is an award-winning leadership speaker and business growth specialist with over 31 years experience in psychology, NLP, and hypnotism. He's facilitated over 15,000 one-on-one coaching sessions and worked with dozens of Fortune 500 companies around eliminating the unconscious programming that holds us back from productivity and confidence. He's the author of several books, including The Power of Optimism, Losing Weight Without Losing Your Mind, and Get Out of Your Way, and he's been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, and the TEDx stage. I'm really excited to have him here today to share some of his mind secrets. So, Tim, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you, Kristen. I'm happy to be here. As you may know, my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? So, that's a great question. The superpower that I discovered about myself is the same superpower that you have and that all your listeners have as well. And that is the ability to use the power of your mind to create your life by design and specifically how to um, upgrade your beliefs and how to start telling yourself a new story that makes you feel safe and secure inside. Because one of the things that I've learned from doing thousands and thousands of individual coaching sessions over the last 25 years is that our biggest fear is that we're not enough. We're not good enough. And because we're not enough, we're not going to be loved. And so how do we get love? And facing those feelings causes so much stress and it actually keeps us from feeling those feelings. So learning how to use your mind to feel secure, learning how to use the power of your mind to prepare you rather than scare you is the greatest superpower any of us can uh, learn to embrace. Wow. That is truly amazing um, because that, that feeling of, fear and insecurity and being uh, sort of at the, in the clutches of our mind is how I think a lot of people feel. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you learn to use the power of your mind to, you know, to create the life that you want rather than feeling like your mind is controlling you? How did you discover that? Well, first I discovered how to use the power of my mind to make myself crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and scared and stressed and broke and unhappy and frustrated and, and how to build things up and then watch them fall apart. And, and so a, a big part of it was just learning, um, you know, what not to do. And uh, so the whole thing started, I was a kid, I was 12 years old and uh, the phone rang and I answered and I said, hello. And the woman on the other end, she was calling for my dad's work and she said, honey, find your mom. There's been an accident. So my dad was working on it. He was an electrician at a steel mill. He was working on a big electrical box. And while he was in there, somebody turned it on and it exploded. So it burnt my dad real bad, 40% of his body. And I didn't see him for months after that. And when I did see him, he was at the Loyola burn unit and didn't look like my dad. And it was very traumatic. And so now the good news is that he made it. And even though he has the scars on the outside, all of us had these scars on the inside. But today people would call post-traumatic stress. 
So in my mind, I, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't have the language for it, but something shifted inside of me and I, I wasn't playing life to win. I was playing not to lose. Like, how do I not get hurt? Right? How do I not have something bad happen? And of course, when you play not to lose, what happens is you keep losing, even if on the outside, it looks like you're winning. And so I got into psychology with the, with the idea, I'm going to figure myself out. And then I found that the psychological tools were a little too slow. It wasn't really getting me there. I was talking about my feelings, but nothing was changing. And then I started getting into um, other peak performance tools like the hypnosis, the NLP, things like that. And that's when I started to realize the power of your beliefs and the, the power of what's going on at your, in your unconscious mind. And so I got really fascinated with how do you upgrade that programming that's running in your brain? Because you can't just talk yourself out of it. You have to go in there and, and make some shifts inside. So your computer runs software programs. You can't just tell your program, you know, or your computer to change the program. You got to go in there and, and manually do it. And the same is true for your brain. And when we run these programs from our childhood, and often these programs need to be upgraded. And, uh, and so I started um, figuring out how to feel more safe, how to feel more loved, how to talk to myself differently, how to use different words, how to hold my body in a new way, how to breathe differently. I mean, a, a bunch of little tiny little brain hacks. And then I started teaching them to my clients who were coming in for all kinds of reasons. They wanted to stop smoking or lose weight or they had um, the traumatic situations from their past. And I started realizing that all of us feel wounded inside and we're looking for a way to feel safe. And so over the years, I just kept developing these new tools and techniques and experiences to help us to feel safe and secure inside. And, uh, and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. That is, um, you, you, um, when did, when did you realize, have that realization that you were playing life not to lose? Like, how did that shift? I can see how you got on the trajectory of, you know, I need to stay safe. But how did you realize, wait, okay, I, I want to shift my, um, how I'm looking at things overall, in my entire perspective? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So um, I would say that it probably happened around the age of 35. So I'm 49 right now. And uh, when I was around 35, that's when I first started hiring um, business coaches. And because I went to lots of seminars on personal growth and development and psychology seminars and was trying to help me, you know, have some breakthroughs and stuff. But it wasn't until I started hiring business coaches that they started helping me understand my relationship with money or my relationship with customers or my relationship with how I spent my time and what I really focused on. And I was lucky enough to find a coach who focused more on my personal life than my business life. And uh, because both of those are intertwined and people don't think so. They always think, well, just teach me how to make more money, you know, but if they're not feeling good or they're chasing significance or they're not feeling connected with their spouse, then they bring that into their work life and then come from a place of scarcity uh, and, and then they show up needy and then they make a whole bunch of bad choices. And that's what I was doing, too. And so that's when I started to put together that, wow, this is, you know, this is really showing up in all the areas of my life. And, uh, and so I need to learn how to play to win. And in order to play to win, you have to feel secure so that you don't have to make it about yourself anymore. And then you can make it about other people. And a lot of us out there think we're making it about other people when it really is still about ourselves. 
And so that's why people will get so far and then it falls apart or they build something up and then it crumbles because they really haven't developed that sense of inner peace. And I, and even if you are successful uh, financially, I mean, I coach a lot of very top performing, rich, wealthy people, but they come to me because they're stressed out. And I find that they still have that, what I call achiever syndrome. They're still at some level trying to prove themselves through what they accomplish at work and which inherently means you never will. And so it was around that time that I started really growing a business that, um, that that level of awareness started to become more clear for me. Wow. That's great. I'm, um, I'm so curious to dig more into, you know, what it is that we do um, and how we can start to harness some of those tweaks ourselves, but we do need to go to a break. Um, Before we go, can you let people know where they can learn more about you and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So you can go to timsure.com and it'll be in the show notes, timsure.com. And you can grab a free copy of the mesmerizing secrets, uh, mindset secrets checklist, or grab a copy of my book, get out of your way and then hang out. Cause after the break, I'm going to teach you the number one way to train your brain for success. That's perfect. Great. So hang on, we're going to come back and um, talk more about how to eliminate self-sabotage and meet your goals. So hang on. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Tim Schur today, and I can't wait to, um, he left us with a cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tell me, tell us more about that. Um, you know, how do we uh, get out of our way? Yeah, yeah. So the number one thing that I've learned, so I've sat in, in small rooms with, you know, people one-on-one. I've done over 15,000 one-on-one sessions, which is a lot of time listening to people and walking around in their unconscious minds, trying to figure out what's going on, you know, and what are people doing that seem to have it all that really are happy and healthy. And as opposed to the rest of us that just seem so stressed out all the time. And um, one of the things that I noticed very clearly right away is that the number one reason why people don't get what they want is because they're not focused on what they want. What they're focused on is what they don't want, what they're afraid of, what they don't have, what they feel is missing, what they don't like, or they're focused on what's happened to them in the past. So your mind is kind of like a GPS. You type in the destination you want to arrive at, and it starts to take you there one step at a time. Well, if you're typing in all these destinations that you don't want to arrive at, guess where you're going to end up? Mm -hmm. And so teaching people how to focus on what they want. So for example, someone would come in and they'd say, I want to stop procrastinating. And I'd be like, all right, great. But what do you want to have happen? Well, I want to stop putting things off. Yeah, I know, but what do you want to have happen instead? Well, you know, I want to stop being so unorganized. And so all their brain is hearing is procrastinate, putting things off, unorganized, and that's what it reacts to. Mm -hmm. So what they really wanted was to feel motivated or feel passionate 
um, so that they could accomplish whatever X, Y, me, Z might be. And then whatever it is they wanted to accomplish, why do you want to accomplish that? What's the feeling that you think you're going to have from accomplishing that? The number one reason why people procrastinate is because they've associated pain to the goal. And so their brain causes them to push away from it. So if you get clear on what you do want, and then you associate massive pleasure to it, you jump to the end and you notice how it actually would feel. But most people don't do that. Instead, they're like, I have no idea how that would feel. That never works out for me. And then they start to think about all the things that haven't worked out. And then they activate that feeling of sadness or fear or those feelings that they're not going to be enough or measure up. And they go around and around and around again. So a simple task is even if you've never had the results that you want, who cares? What if you did have them? How would that look like? How would it feel? What would you do going through the day? How would you feel going through the day? And as you start to think about what it might look like or sound like or feel like, how you might treat yourself in those situations, how you might treat others in those situations, if it was already this way, then you're focusing your mind not only on what you want, but how good it's going to feel. And that's going to create focus and natural motivation. All right. So you're, you're saying, so really then is to really just focus in, um, this is exactly what you said, <laughs> on what it is that you do want. So I want to feel motivated. I want to, re, I want to move confidently towards this goal. I want it to be done. And then how will I feel? And visualize that, you know, what are you going to, you know, would you go into full detail about like, what are you saying? What are you doing? You know, all of that sort of thing. You can. So some people will visualize it because they're more visual. So they'll see pictures in their mind. Other people don't see pictures in their mind. So they might just talk themselves through it. Other people are more kinesthetic. So they might just get feelings. So you just kind of have a little scenario. What would that be like? Or do you have somebody in mind who's accomplished those things? You know, use them as a role model. How do they talk to themselves? What do they focus on? How do they hold their body? How do they breathe? You know, when they talk about their goals, are they talking about their goals like, you know, it's never going to happen? Or are they talking about their goals like, you know what, this is a possibility. Other people have done it. I can do it too. I'm not sure how yet, but I'm just going to focus on the thing that I can do right now, the first step, and then the next step will appear. And I'll lean on other people or hire coaches to get the, some more tools and support. And then you start focusing your mind by asking what I call power questions. So William James, the founder of modern psychology, said the greatest discovery of the 20th century is that the quality of your life is being determined by the quality of your thinking or the quality of the questions that you're asking yourself. So ask power questions. What's the outcome that I want? How do I want this to go? What resources do I have? How would I like to feel? What's one thing I could do to start to feel this way? What song could I listen to? What fragrance could I smell? Who could I call for support? What um, movie could I watch on YouTube that inspires me or makes me laugh, right? And so you start to think about what you can do, what resources you do have, who you can reach out to, and it keeps you moving forward. What most people are doing is, why me? Why this? Why now? Why can't, why can't I get what I want? What's wrong with me? And they're asking lousy questions. I used to. I'd say, what's wrong with me? How come I can't do these things? And then my brain has to give me an answer. It says, well, Tim, because you're a big fat loser, <laughs> right? And, right? And you're never going to get there because you're not smart enough or good enough. And yeah. now, now when I do that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to love myself now, even though I'm pursuing something 
I'm not going to play the game of I'll love myself when. I'll feel good when. I'll be happy when. Because that never happens. And I'm happy now. I'm going to figure out how to feel peaceful now. And then I'm going to move forward enjoying the pursuit. And that is what causes success to be attracted to you. Because when you chase success, it runs. Right. Right. And it's very funny, you know, just as you're, as you're talking, I know, thinking back to, I, I, there was a point at where I realized that the, the question that I was living my life by and that I was answering constantly in my head was, what am I doing wrong? Mm. Literally, never mind that everything I was doing was successful. I was still living, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And it was that catch of like, okay, no, the question is, what am I doing right? What are the things that I'm doing right? (laughs) Um, It's brilliant. Yeah. And and the changing of that question, what happened when you change your question? Well, it completely changes your mood and the ability to actually take action rather than, well, for me, actually, in my own personal experience, I was still always taking action before, but this was... um, I was loving and living what I was doing rather than worrying the whole time. Oh, see, that's fantastic. And thank you for being honest because I know you started to give the standard answer and then you made it personal, which is even more powerful. And that's exactly right. You started enjoying the journey. You started feeling good. You ha- you were, that's why they say, you know, it's, it's the pursuit of happiness and you got to learn to enjoy the pursuit because you're going to be on the pursuit longer than when you get the goal. And then when you get the goal, if you're an achiever type like us, then you're going to want to just achieve another goal anyway. And right. on the pursuit again. Yes. <laughs> so the goal, the goal is to love the pursuit. <laughs> yes, exactly. And really that is a lot of the point of life is what is meaningful and, you know, and what is purposeful as you're moving towards it. So, you know, what's the feeling you're getting as you're moving towards it. And one of the other things that, you know, the thought that came up as you were talking about, People are like, well, I'm going to love myself when I get to this point. You know, I'm going to feel good about myself is one of the questions that I often tell my question or I ask my clients is, can you love yourself right where you are Mm -hmm. through this process? Mm -hmm. Just that reminder of what can you bring that, you know, level of love just for who you are right now in this human messed up slightly messed up, slightly great situation that you're in. Which, uh, is, which is a powerful question. And, and how, do you, how do you find that they answer most of the time? A lot of times, they usually say yes. Mm. But they have to sit and think. It's, but they have to remember. It's to bring that level of compassion to themselves. So a, most of them, I would say, yes, I can well, that's beautiful. And the word compassion is so important because we can be nice and motivating and inspiring for others. But when we're struggling, I don't think that people are very compassionate or kind to themselves. Right. And a lot of people will say, yes, I can love myself, but they're just saying it as lip service because the truth is they don't really know how. And I think so many, so many of us, you know, emotional intelligence isn't very big in, in America. I'm not, I don't know if it is anywhere really where we're teaching you know, specifically teaching people how to manage our thoughts and how to feel peaceful and happy. And so as a result, we just kind of borrow the habits of our parents and they didn't know either. They're doing the best they can, but, and we just keep passing it along. 
And so we really do not know how to be loving of ourselves. We can say it, but a lot of times people don't really feel it. And so, yeah, I love myself. I used to say the same thing, you know, when I was struggling with self-esteem, you know, I would, I would say, well, you know, I, I love myself. I just don't like myself very much. And, uh, and so I wasn't treating myself in a loving, kind way. And one of the most powerful tools that I use for that is to have people just kind of close their eyes, get re- into a relaxed state, and then have them imagine um, connecting with the little boy or the little girl inside of them and then asking that little kid, what do you need most from me? Because a lot of times we think that what we need is for someone else to come save us, to come rescue us. We want our parents. Our parents should have done this. They should have done this. Our spouse should do this or that. When the person that we need truly to come save us is ourselves. And so when you connect with that little boy or little girl inside and you're like, what do you need from me? And often the answer is more love, more acceptance, more support, more encouragement, a little protection. And then all of a sudden you start to give to yourself that thing you feel is missing. And I've seen that little technique transform more lives than anything else that I've ever taught. Yeah. Yeah. It's that uh, just turning that love in and then, then we can shine it out. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. 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 That's a beautiful metaphor. We turn the light in and then we shine it out and then we attract what we want. But most people are using their flashlight instead of turning it in. We're using it, going through the dark, figuring out why we don't have all the stuff that we want that's going to make us feel lit up inside. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, when you learn to go within, you never go without. And so I, I like that with the, with the flashlight. Yeah, that's great. So, so I guess one of the things that this is what happens, and because this is what happens with everybody, is so they've... They've realized, they've thought about what they want. They've changed it like, okay, this is what I'm moving towards. This is what I'm going to feel, and it's going to be great. And then five minutes later, they're back in their normal (laughs) pattern of not taking action, procrastinating. So what do you say then? Like, what, what, (laughs) What do people do at that point? So typically what happens in that is that we didn't create the emotional shift. So we just tried to explain to people, you know, the techniques. We didn't take them through an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, I moved away from cognitive behavioral therapy where you're just trying to teach people to change their language patterns. And I started taking them through these powerful emotional shifting or awakening experiences, as I call them. And then that doesn't happen. So now I've had plenty of that in the past where people get out and then all of a sudden the phone rings, they get a text. And so what I'll do is I'll help create that emotional shift. And then from there, what we do is we know that that's going to happen. I tell them this is how everything's going to get in the way. As soon as you set a goal, there's going to be something that shows up immediately to try to get in your way. So let's prepare for it. Right. So when this happens, you're going to start breathing through your nose. You know, the stress response, if you want to feel really stressed out, breathe through your mouth stare at the ground, and focus on all the worst-case scenarios happening. (laughs) If you want to feel calm, look up towards the ceiling or towards the sky. It quiets the voice in your head when you look up. You start breathing through your nose, down to your belly. That activates the relaxation response. Then start focusing on if this gets in the way, if I get a stressful response, if my spouse calls up upset about something, if I get a client that cancels, if... I get a bill I wasn't expecting. I'm going to breathe through it and say, here is the challenge. And it is just designed to help me feel 
or remind me that I'm going to feel safe and I'm going to focus on what I want and I'm going to use my tools, uh, you know, in this situation. Because it's, it's easy to feel comfortable and positive when things are going well. When a situation shows up that appears to be stressful, because a situation isn't stressful, it's our interpretation of the situation. It's not what happens, it's how we describe what's happening to ourselves that causes how we feel in most situations. And so if we can take a pause, take a power breath, and then start focusing our mind with our power questions, then all of a sudden we'll realize this too shall pass, and it gives an opportunity to practice what we've been learning. So I just set them up for success by preparing them for these situations. Great. And, and what, I, what I love about that is letting people, there's a simple if-then. You can literally pull, apply an algorithm is, you know, if I start having these negative thoughts, then what exactly is it you're going to do? So it's, well, then I'm going to take a deep breath and look up. So it's, yeah. it makes it simple and not too hard and complicated to remember. Like, wait, oh, where am I supposed to go with this? Yes. Yes. So so one of the things that um, is, I wonder is what context, and you sort of spoke to it a little bit as you were answering this last question, is, you know, there's a way in which, sure, we can in the moment remind ourselves, okay, wait, yes, I'm, this is how I'm going to feel and this is what I'm moving towards. But I feel that, find that a lot of people need a context like or an explanation for what the process is that they're going through along the way uh, or perspective on their overall situation. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. People are always, you know, our brain is always trying to figure things out. It's trying to figure out how things fit, what our purpose is, how we're supposed to prepare ourselves so that we don't get hurt. And so that's a, a main driving force of our, um, you know, of our brain and uh, the back part of our brain, you know, that that's been developed to, uh, you know, keep us alive. It's survival instincts. So we're always trying to figure things out. And it just depends on the person and the situation. But it always comes back to two things. It comes back to your beliefs and your strategy. And so when we are working with somebody, whether I'm working with a big corporate client or, work, or I'm working with an individual, it's the strategy is the same. What are the beliefs about the situation? We've got to figure out what your blind spots are, what your unconscious biases are, right? What are the beliefs that are holding you back that you might not even know you have, which is typically the case, which is why we call them blind spots. And then we upgrade those. And then we take a look at our strategy. All right, how are you going to approach the situation? What is the outcome that you actually have? And why do you want that outcome? And then, you know, how are we going to prepare um, so that, if it's not going exactly the way that you want, you can learn from it. And then we start, you know, introducing other concepts like there is no failure. There's just feedback, right? So many people are afraid to fail, but, you know, in Silicon Valley, they say, they say, uh, fail fast, fail first, fail forward because, you know, there is no failure. There's just learning and getting feedback and then making a better decision on the fly. And that's how you continue to learn and grow because success is messy. And you're going to fail, quote unquote, you're going to get more feedback, you know, then you're going to have successes. And that's what makes you successful. And when people start to understand it in that way, it allows them to stay resilient. It allows them to stay naturally motivated. And it allows people to feel more confident so that they take those calculated risks and they're consistent 
in their actions because consistency is one of the major components to being successful with any goal is you got to keep at it even when you don't want to. And, uh, and then that's what eventually gets you there. Yeah, that's great. I love how really you have set it out. Um, so it's pretty, it's clear. There's a lot of people who talk around a lot of these things. Um, but, but it really does come down to your, your beliefs and, um, and really just taking them on directly. So um, I guess we, we are so almost out of time, which is unfortunate because I have about a trillion other questions I'd love to ask you. But what um, is there a question that you could ask people that the listeners could ask themselves that could help them to get an idea of maybe one of their own blind spots? Is hmm, That's an awesome question, actually. I mean, that's a really... I'm writing that one down. Okay. <laughs> That's a really good question. So I think the answer would be, um, what am I most afraid of? Mm. And there are people out there that will be like, I'm not afraid of anything, you know, but I, I just get stressed. Well, stress is code for fear, right? So, you know, what is your biggest stress or what are, what are you really afraid of? And then if you keep digging, people will eventually come down to, I'm afraid it's not going to work out or I'm afraid, you know, it's not going to be enough or I'm afraid I'm not going to be enough or people are going to look down on me or I'm going to disappoint me or I mean, I'm going to disappoint others, right? So I don't care how people think about me, but, you know, I don't want my wife to, you know, to feel disappointed in me. I don't want my kids to feel disappointed in me. And which is, again, you know, you coming back to really is making it about ourselves. And so um, if you can figure out what your biggest fear is, then what you ask yourself is, if I could believe anything, what would I rather believe instead? Mm -hmm. Often it's just the exact opposite of whatever the fear was. I'm not enough. I am enough. I won't be able to do this. I'll be able to figure it out. My kids will be disappointed in me. My kids would never be disappointed. They will always feel proud of me because they see someone who loves them and believes in them and shows a role model of someone believing in themselves and chasing their dreams as well. Yes, that's great. And at that point, I, I can see it's then setting people out on the task of finding evidence to prove that. Yes. To prove of that people are proud of you and do love you rather than constantly looking for all the ways that we're not enough because that's what, when that's our fear, that's all we're picking up on. That so. is, that is true. It's also not just, I'm going to do this so that I know you're proud of me, but you know, if you want something, give it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help other people feel proud of themselves, right? I'm going to help other people achieve their goals, and then that lifts you up without you having to make it about you. So it's a balance. You want to fill yourself up. And then when you feel good, then you don't have to keep focusing on filling you up because you can focus on filling others up without any strings attached. And then you discover how that fills you up too. Wow. And yes. then the real magic happens. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. And, um, there are some really good questions that people can go back and listen and take the time to answer themselves, to get some insight into how, you know, how they're living from their own unconscious 
And can you remind the listeners where they can learn more about you? Yes. If you would like uh, lots of questions and tools and techniques for how to train your brain, just go to timsure.com and you grab a copy of my book, Get Out of Your Way, How to Eliminate Self-Sabotage and Train Your Brain for Success. And, uh, and I will personally take you through that book. It's $18. And I'll personally take you through all these cool strategies and experiential experiences that will show you how to live your best life now. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. And all of you listeners, thank you again for being here. And until next time, remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 